Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, John Shookman, and I am so thankful to have you with me for today's episode. A huge thank you to Jennifer Harshman and Harshman Services for sponsoring today's podcast episode. Jennifer and the team at Harshman Services do an amazing job of helping businesses grow and become more successful and organized by using blog posts, search engine optimization, and email marketing to reach your clients. I'm so thankful for how Jennifer and her team have helped me become more successful in my business. And if you're a realtor out there, I know that you can often get stressed and want to work smarter, not harder. You need something that you can set and forget about. So check out what Jennifer has built at RealtorEmails.com. She has an amazing offer and affordable tools to help you become more successful in your business. I'm so thankful for the team at Harshman Services for being a part of helping my business and for sponsoring the podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. I am so excited for today's special guest. I have my friend Rachel Richards with us. Rachel is part of the Total Life Freedom community that I'm in, and she is an amazing entrepreneur. At the age of 27, Rachel quit her job and retired, living off over $15,000 per month in passive income. She has made a name for herself in the personal finance realm, is a best-selling author of Money Honey and Passive Income Aggressive Retirement, She has been featured on The Penny Hoarders and The New York Times and contracted to speak at colleges. She is a former financial advisor and a real estate investor with almost 40 rental units. Her valuable lessons have helped thousands of female millennials work their way out of financial despair, and she has successfully done what no one has done before, made the topic of money management fun, entertaining, and simple. Rachel has also been featured on amazing top podcasts like the FI show and bigger pockets. I mentioned those articles, you know, New York times and also been featured in business insider CNBC. And recently, so at, you know, mid end March, Rachel was featured in Forbes. So her book, passive income, aggressive retirement, the secret to freedom, flexibility, and financial independence and how to get started was number four on Eric Brotman's list in Forbes of five personal finance books to read in 2022. So check out her book and welcome her to the show. Rachel, thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, John. I'm so excited to talk to you today. It's good to see you again and chat with you. And I'm just excited to get into your journey, you know, from leaving your W-2 job, everything you're doing, kind of share with us, you know, Go back to age 27, quitting your job and everything that happened before that. I would love to just you to share your journey with my audience. Yes, there was a lot that happened. (laughs) (laughs) So at a high level, when people ask, how did I quit and retire, which I say in air quotes, because I still work. So it's more about being financially independent. Mm -hmm. At a high level, though, I started building passive income streams in 2017. I was 24 at the time. And that year, my husband and I did a couple of things. We invested in our first rental property in Louisville, Kentucky. Later that year, I also self-published my first book, Money Honey. So we had these two passive income streams, rental income and royalty income. And we focused on growing those as much as we possibly could over the next couple of years. Fast forward to 2019, that's the year I quit my job. We had grown those income streams to over $10,000 a month. And that was enough to feel like I could retire. We, we were financially independent. Our passive income more than covered our expenses. So that's the year that I quit my job. 
So that's how I did it. Very high level, but we can get into the weeds. <laughs> Absolutely. And Okay. So what I really love about your story, you know, I was recently, and I've shared this on the podcast at um, one of the TLF retreats in St. Augustine, Florida, a couple months ago. And so one of the things that came up was so many people there, you know, we're in TLF and there's these hundred plus entrepreneurs. They're all doing amazing things, but so many of us have this imposter syndrome or doubt themselves or say, no, I can't do this. I don't, you know, I'm not good enough. I would love to hear if there was any doubt But what I love about your story is you just decided and did it. And I think, you know, a a few weeks ago, I shared an episode, the power of just saying I decided you didn't wait for someone to give you permission. Like, no, Rachel, you must do this. You just did it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm laughing because it's not about if there was doubt. It's like, when was there not doubt, actually? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I definitely felt imposter syndrome all the time. And I did have to just get over that and plow ahead and just do it, as the Nike slogan says. I remember one time in particular, gosh, there were so many times that I was discouraged and that I wanted to quit, but mm-hmm. there was one time with my book that I wanted to quit. So when I first started writing money, honey, I used to be a financial advisor and all my family and friends came to me for financial advice, which was really exciting. Cause that's what I love to do. And I remember thinking, you know, why aren't they reading books or learning on their own or listening to podcasts, which is stuff that I like to do. And then I was like, oh yeah, it's because personal finance is boring, right? (laughs) It's intimidating and complex and no wonder people don't like to learn about it. So I thought to myself, well, how can I make this topic sassy and fun and simple? And that's where the idea for Money Honey came from. So I was so excited. The words came pouring out of me when I decided to write this book. And at first it was just this passion project. I felt compelled to do it. It was very exciting. But then about four months in, my mind did a complete mental 180 And I gave up. I quit writing the book because by then I was saying things to myself like, who do you think you are, Rachel, to write a book about finance? You're a young woman. Who's going to listen to you? You suck at writing. This is going to be an embarrassment if you go through with it. That's what I was saying to myself, clearly being very nice to myself. Yeah. So I talked myself out of it. I quit writing the book with truly no intention of ever picking it up again. And then I sat down and had lunch with a friend. It was honestly a couple months later. I confessed to her my idea in my book. And she said, Rachel, you have to finish what you set out to do. You're really onto something here. Mm. She gave me just enough encouragement to keep going. And I'm so grateful for that. And really at the end of the day, the only reason I went through with it is because I told myself, if I can just help one person, that's all I want to do. That's all I cared about. It was just, like I said, something I felt compelled to do. I didn't even think I was going to make money from it. I would try to spend as little as possible because I thought it was just going to be a loss and I was never going to make the money back. So I spent $560 to launch this book. I was like, well, that's a loss. I just wrote that off. And I was just like, if I can help one person, that's all I care about. And so I launched the book, but that's, I mean, that's how I got myself to go through with it. And obviously surrounding yourself with the right people and the right men and women in your life who's, who are going to tell you to just go through with it and suck it up and get past that imposter syndrome and that fear, because it's a very vulnerable thing, putting your work out there, your creative thoughts and your writing and whatever you're launching. It's a very vulnerable thing to put yourself out there for the public to see and judge. Definitely one of the scariest things I've ever done, but it's funny thinking back about it now, because this book has taken off and I can't even count the emails and messages and notes. There's been thousands of them now. This book has 1,200 reviews on Amazon now of 
the thank you, like I've helped people pay off their credit card debt or their student loan debt. And, you know, thank you, Rachel, you've changed my life. And it's so humbling and incredible. And to think that I almost didn't do it. And I almost didn't help this many people is almost like, well, shame on me. I mean, so if you have this struggle and and you're not going to do something, then you're withholding a gift from somebody else. You might have something that can help somebody else and don't withhold that. You have a unique gift you can share with the world. So just think about it from that perspective, I guess, would be my advice. I love that. And so many of us, and I don't think the dollars matter in what we make, but so many of us, whether we have created something successful for, right? I've only been in real estate and I shared in March on my podcast, I shared my entire journey and I shared with them like, guys, two years ago, I had not sold a house. And so many people just are unwilling to start when it's like, no, wait, where could you be in two years? Like I, and I just think it's the power. I love what you're saying. Having the right people around you, having people that say they're proud of you. I mean, I love total life freedom and, you know, others have mentioned it. It's one of the few places where we can go be proud of our accomplishments and not have people judge us like, oh, you're being cocky because I get that all the time. And I think realtors get that all the time, right? I sell a house. Well, like I'm trying to highlight my clients. I don't say I'm amazing. I think it's a great lesson. Get people around you that are supporting you. It's also get around the right people and get away from the wrong people. So what did you do about the doubters? Like I you know, it's so funny and I'll message you sometimes because I still see like you'll put up TikTok videos, which are amazing, by the way. So congratulations that I didn't mention that at the beginning, 200,000 followers on TikTok. You've grown your audience there as well. Really just having fun and talking about money and doing it differently. But I think I see some of the comments where people are like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, does that ever affect you? Or you're kind of like, I'm not going to listen to some clown on the internet, try to tell me when I've built it. I'm so glad you asked John, because it used to affect me a lot. TikTok is a vicious place and I (laughs) was not prepared to go viral at all. I feel like my Instagram is this place where people found me on Instagram because they read my book and they love my book. So if they follow me on Instagram, they already know me and like me. And so my Instagram is this place of friends, people that like me and support me. And when I went on TikTok, I went viral so quickly that people that were strangers followed me. So it's a lot easier for them to hate me. And I remember <laughs> I, <laughs> they hate me there. It's not a welcome place. I went viral and I did this webinar in January. And I don't know, there was all these TikTok people. And I had this crisis where I, I truly just wanted to quit my whole business it, w- it was last January, 20, mm. I don't know, 2021. I wanted to quit my whole business because the people on this TikTok video were saying, you know, I'm a dumb B or whatever cuss words. I'm a greedy slumlord. I don't know what I'm talking about. It was, there's so many sexist comments and it was so cruel what they were saying about me. And I was not at a place at the time that I could handle that because I had never received that before. Yeah. Everyone had always been very supportive of me. It was very difficult. So I had to do a few things. I had to call the people that I was close with and hear them and get their advice. And one thing that helped me was, was it, the, is it a Theodore Roosevelt quote about the person in the arena? Is that who said that? 
I don't, I don't remember about the person in the arena is the one that counts, right? They're the one that has the courage, not the people yeah. on the sidelines, not the people standing in the arena watching. It's the person in the arena that actually counts. And so they're like, you're in the arena. They're all the ones that are cowards and that are watching you. And you shouldn't give their opinion any weight, basically. And another one of my friends were, was saying, you know, your platform's growing. And for every 1,000 people that love you, you're going to get a certain number that don't. And that's just the cost of doing business. That's unavoidable. Famous people have people that just don't like them. That's just that. That's just a fact and a cost of doing business. And I was like, well, that's true. That's a good way of looking at it. She was like, you should see this as a good thing. Because if people don't like you and they're not hating on you, you're not big enough. And I was like, okay, well, that's a good way of looking at it. And you know, another person was like, well, you should only care about the people in your life that you would trust and that you would go to for advice anyways, not these strangers on TikTok. But John, I'll say the thing that helped me the most was having compassion and having empathy. Because mm -hmm. when I really thought about it and I looked at the old guy on TikTok who was commenting to the 29-year-old woman on TikTok who was here having fun and giving free financial advice. And when I thought about that in and of itself, that is sad. There's people yeah. out there <laughs> that are taking time out of their day that have nothing better to do and that are so bitter and sad and resentful that they're just so sad that they're commenting mean stuff on a young woman's TikTok. And all I'm trying to do is help people. Yeah. Like that is truly sad to me. And so when I can get to a place where I just feel sorry for them, that's what overcomes any personal hurt I feel. And so I think that's the way you ultimately have to look at it and overcome it. And that's so interesting. Compassion, empathy. I feel like that relates so well to realtors, right? I had, I won't say who, cause they might find this show and I haven't even shared. I don't think I've shared this on the show yet, but it's, you know, it's so interesting as I talk to you about this, I had a family member, right? And, and you know, a little bit about my journey where I went, right. I was broke, lost my W2 job. And in March, I shared all that with my audience on the podcast to building a real estate income, tripling that income from 2020 to 2021. Realtors don't do that, right? And so, and God's blessed me so much. So all of like so many blessings, but I had a family member that reached out and said, you don't even care about me. All you care about is your clients. And that's what you post about on Facebook. Hmm. And, and it's so right because, well, I could get upset about it. I, I tried to have compassion, empathy, and I love that because I, and I thought to myself, you know what? You did not care about me when I made $2,000 my first 10 months in real estate. You didn't care, right? You weren't there to support me. And so mm -hmm. why am I now going to listen to you now that I'm having success, now that my business is growing, now that people are finding my podcast? And so I think a big lesson in all this is, yes, have compassion and empathy for people, but also I don't take opinions from people that are behind me, right? Mm. So I'm debt free, about to very close to paying off our house. And so why am I going to listen to someone that's so far in debt up to their eyeballs that they're worried about the gas prices? Now, like, I think it's annoying, to get, but this is why I save money. This is why I don't spend, you know, and so I just think it can be very frustrating when you have doubters. But I think the other, that's the other part too. Like I see this on my podcast when people criticize, I'm putting out free content, right? Yeah. And so if you don't like it, 
you can go away. And that's, you know, as a podcaster, it can be so hard to be like, I have to be perfect. Well, it's free. If they do not like that episode, you can skip to the next one. It is okay. Yeah, Um, exactly. (laughs) So I love all that. I love, I mean, and it's, it's cool to see how, you know, I'm sorry that you went through that. And I, it's just, it's very interesting because I look at what you're doing and I think so many, right. That's why you're talking about on all these amazing articles, how amazing you're doing. Some 50 year old guy on TikTok thinks he knows better than you. And like, he's as if he's the ultimate version of success. Now I've grown a lot from it, from that experience. And I've really grown a thick skin. So I'm truly able to see those comments now and laugh at them. Like truly, I'm not just saying that it makes me laugh now. And one of my favorite things is responding to the trolls in a clever and funny way. I just love it because I I feel like I just win now because I can laugh and it doesn't get to me anymore. And one thing you just said reminded me of that quote I've seen. It's only the people who are not doing as well as you that will criticize you. People who are ahead of you will never criticize you. And I have found that to be very, very true. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. I used to be, I mean, especially when I lost my W-2, I've got family, some family members that make a lot of money. And I'm going to talk about this actually coming up on the podcast in the next few months. But I used to be so jealous of people that made really good money. And now I'm rooting for them. Mm-hmm. I'm rooting for those people like, yeah, you go make hundreds of thousand dollars a year, a million dollars a year, whatever it is. And I don't think the dollar matters, but I want to root for people because I want those same people to root for me. I want to see you have success. I want to see I've got family members that own businesses. And I used to be like, oh, I'm, I'm so jealous. Well, now I've learned it also internally, it makes you feel better. Why would I try to tear them down? Why wouldn't I support them? Don't I want support? It's very hard to, because it can be frustrating, but just support the people around you. Yes, exactly. There's more than enough to go around. Oh yeah, it's totally. And I feel the same way in real estate. You know, I've had people that I coach or train or want to join our team. And I'm like, they're like, well, why would you want me to become a realtor? Won't I be taking your business? And you did it, right? You did real estate as a realtor and now like investing. There is so many crappy realtors out there (laughs) that if you treat people the right way, have character and integrity, answer your phone, you're better than 90% of the realtors out there. Yeah. So I would love for you to talk about, and you shared some of your journey. Like if you could either go back to the start of investing in real estate or when you were working your W-2, what would be one piece of advice that you would tell yourself? I would say with real estate investing, I, I, I wish I could have started sooner. And there was a lot of reasons I didn't start sooner. I held myself back because of limiting beliefs and because I didn't think I could. I thought I needed more experience. I thought I needed more money. I thought I needed more knowledge. So I didn't do things for a lot of years. And buying my first duplex at age 24 is still really young, right? It's still, Mm -hmm. that's nothing to, to be mad or upset about. But if I knew then what I know now, I could have gotten started at an even younger age. You know, there's so many strategies where you can start investing in real estate without having a lot of money. And even at 24, I'd only saved $10,000. And then my husband had only saved $10,000 and we pooled our money together to get to a $20,000 down payment. So by no means do we have a ton of money. And I also want to say, because I get asked this a lot, I'm not a trust fund baby. Okay. (laughs) And I I never made six figures from a job or a career. I started off making $36,000 and then $32,000 and then $42,000. 
So I wasn't this high income earner, but I still was able to get started. But I could have gotten started sooner with even less money. I just didn't know about strategies like wholesaling or house hacking or the Burr method or Mm -hmm. seller financing, or I didn't even know that you could invest out of state, or I didn't know you could find a silent partner. So that's six strategies right there that if I had learned enough or had enough confidence, I could have started doing those and invested five or six years sooner than I did. So I couldn't think outside the box. And I think if you just ask yourself, like, what if, or how can I, those two questions right there are crucial and can help open your mind up and help you be more creative. So you can see pathways that might not be obvious to you right now. Yeah. I love that. Start sooner. And and those strategies definitely are good things for my audience to check out. So as we kind of close out our time, you've shared some of your journey and I would guys, please like we've got a limited amount of time, but please check her out. And I'll let her, you know, share where you can find her at the end of the episode. She is absolutely amazing. Her books are amazing, but Rachel, as we close out, For realtors out there that are really struggling in the business and feeling hopeless, what would be maybe one piece of advice that you would give them? Be patient and be consistent. When you start as a realtor, and and I wasn't ever a realtor with clients of my own, just as a full disclosure, I was only a Mm -hmm. realtor for my own purposes for buying investment properties. But I feel like this message is true for any business that you start off. You have to be patient and you have to be consistent because- if you start a blog or you start an Instagram or you start a TikTok or you start a realtor business or you start investing in real estate, consistency for three months is not enough. Yes. It's consistency for a year that that maybe then you just start to get traction. And then it's consistency for two years that really, in my opinion, makes a difference. And consistency is more important than anything else. So for example, when I started investing in real estate, my husband and I looked for properties for months and months and months. And we looked at properties. We ran numbers on hundreds of properties. We toured maybe 20 properties that we saw in person. We made offers on multiple properties. And we finally got an accepted contract on a property, went through inspections, and it just wasn't going to work out. So the contract fell through. Mm -hmm. Now, any reasonable person at that point might have just given up. And I wanted to, we were so discouraged and we even just wanted to settle. We were like, well, maybe we can make it work or let's lower our criteria, but you can't settle and you just have to be patient and you have to not give up. And so we kept looking, we kept going at it. And the next property that came up that we found was the best one that I've ever found in my life. And it was that first duplex that we closed on in Louisville, Kentucky. And to this day, one of the best investments that we ever made. So it just goes back to be patient, be consistent, don't give up and you will get there. And that, that it's so much easier said than done. Yeah. So you have to like know why you're doing this in the first place, because on those nights where you don't want to make calls or you don't want to send out letters or you don't want to do lead follow-up, you have to know why you're doing this in the first place. Cause that's, what's going to help you get through and, and stay consistent in the long term. I love that. Never give up. And I think as I watch your journey, right, even the doubters on TikTok are thinking about the book and, you know, the friend that encouraged you. I've watched you, you know, from afar, believe in yourself, even when you wanted to stop, you wanted to stop the book, you've wanted to give up your business when doubters said, you know, rude things on TikTok, you wanted to stop looking for investment properties. So I think the message really to realtors is, 
when you feel like you're at your lowest, keep working, keep believing in yourself, keep putting in that hard work and effort. And again, you didn't make thousands of dollars overnight, right? This has been a journey, but now you've created the life, the time, location, freedom, you know, that you want, and you can kind of do what you guys want whenever you want. And I love the journey and it's so motivating to me and I know to my audience. So I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Thank you. That's so nice of you, John. Thank you for having me on. It really means a lot to me. You are so welcome. And so as we close out our time, tell people where they can find you, whether it's TikTok, social media, books, anything else, where can we get a hold of you? Yes. So both of my books, Money, Honey and Passive Income Aggressive Retirement are available on Amazon and Audible. And you can follow me on Instagram or TikTok at Money Honey Rachel. And John, what I'd love to do for your listeners is anyone wants to download my passive income starter kit, I will give that for free. So you can go to www.moneyhoneyrachel.com forward slash passive income to download that. I appreciate that, guys. Check it out. Seriously, I've read her books. They're amazing. Just Google Rachel Richards like once every couple of weeks and read whatever <laughs> it is because it's amazing. So Rachel, thank you for your time. I know my audience is going to appreciate it so much and I appreciate your friendship and thanks for coming on today. Thank you. Guys, I loved this interview with Rachel Richards. I am so thankful for her. She's an amazing friend and all the things she is doing in her business are absolutely amazing. I didn't really get to highlight this on the episode, but one of the things that she said to me, you know, when we stopped recording for the show that I find so interesting and I'll share with you guys is she said, John, well, like, what can I be doing? What can I do to help you? And I think it's just such a reminder that like Rachel Richards is like a big person, like big time, like on Forbes, on all these websites, right? Being interviewed for like these, you know, huge podcasts and huge things in the New York Times and all that. And what I find interesting is even though she's in these big articles and, you know, big blog posts, newspapers, etc., she never forgets to be humble and be kind. And I find it so interesting, you know, because she even said, what can I do for you? And I'm like, Rachel, you've done so much for me. You left me a podcast review months ago when I started the podcast journey. You've supported what I'm doing. And to be willing to come on and share your story is more than enough. But that's probably my first highlight that I didn't even, you know, because it was off our interview, I, I didn't get to share that part with you. But that's my first takeaway is just always be humble and always be, you know, trying to still help other people. I think that's why she's an amazing member of the Total Life Freedom community, because it's all about, you know, a 100 of the most generous entrepreneurs I've ever been around. So a few other takeaways from the actual interview was one being how she talked about how she had imposter syndrome just with the book, TikTok, all of these different things. And I loved her perspective where she said she just had to have the right people and the people that were proud of her and supporting her around her. And she said, you know, she had to do this and had an obligation to help people. And it was great to have those supportive people. And she also said that when it was time to write the book, she was told, if you don't do this, you're withholding a gift. And man, that message is so relevant for so many of us. There's so many things that we should be doing or building and we're not doing, and we are withholding a gift. So I would really encourage you to think about what gift are you withholding from people that could really benefit them and help them? Well, go out and do it. 
Another piece that I really took away from our interview is when she said, no matter where you are, there will always be doubters. Isn't this so important for us as realtors? I remember thinking, and I you know, shared my journey with you last month in March, I remember thinking at one part in the journey like, oh, okay, I'm successful now. My real estate career is going. I'm making really good money. People will stop doubting me. And I've come to a point where I realized, you know what? No, now people just complain about the things I put on social media and then I talk about my clients. So there will always be doubters. And I think, you know, the answer is just know that they're always going to be there and always going to be doubting you and not really, you know, worry about it. And, you know, another piece and really the third takeaway is, you know, with those doubters, interact like Rachel did. Interact with compassion and empathy. She said that, you know, those comments on TikTok, now she feels like compassionate and empathetic for those people, thinking how sad could they be to, like, you know, be a grown man coming on some 27, 30-year-old woman's TikTok and making comments. So I do think, man, imagine if we had you know, more compassion and empathy in our business. How much better would we all be as realtors? A couple other takeaways, you know, I asked what she would do and she said, you know, even though I started real estate investing at young at 24, I would start even earlier. And so I think, right, get started, start early, whether it's real estate investment or, you know, your real estate career, just get started. You know, my final takeaway really, and I just, I love this entire interview with Rachel and I'm so thankful for her, I'll say it again, but I love how when I asked her, you know, a piece of advice for new realtors, she said to be patient and be consistent. Man, isn't that a great like mic drop moment for all of us realtors who, you know, get frustrated, you know, from one month to the next, we get frustrated in our business. Well, you know, it takes two years about, like she said, to build that consistency. So be patient, be consistent, do the things you are doing, never give up, believe in yourself. So so much great stuff in the interview. Again, so thankful. Please check her stuff out. If you just look up Rachel Richards on Amazon or Google, read the stuff that is written about her, read her books, Money, Honey, and Passive Income, Aggressive Retirement. They are both amazing. So thank you again, Rachel. And thank you all for listening to this interview. Very thankful to have you guys along this journey. And I will see you on our next episode. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much, and we will see you on the next episode.